You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Your program is your ticket. We about to kick it. We about to flip it. Curtain up theater people. Welcome to your program is your ticket. Coming to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan right in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket. It's a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of My Husband and My Play at the Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's guest is the phenomenally talented Dominique Salerno, whose hit one-woman show, The Box Show, I love that title, which was one of the buzziest and most critically lauded shows of the 2016 NYC Fringe Festival, I know because I was there, is back on the boards out here in New York City. Now, before I bring Dominique onto the show, I thought it would be fun to, to make a little theater connection to our upcoming holiday, Halloween, and run down some shows that feature dark and spooky characters and or storylines. Here's a list of just a few. Um, we have the Rocker, Rocky Horror Show, which is also known as the Rocker, Rocky Horror Picture Show in the film version. Um, that's always fun. That's always a fun thing to do, and oftentimes they have late-night showings of that movie, so you can go do that and... I, I think you can still dress up. I'm pretty sure you can. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm an old man, so I, 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 I don't know if I could stay up that late. Anyways, um, then there's Sweeney Todd, which um, has quite a few productions that are local and regional and also a great movie by Tim Burton starring Johnny Depp and I believe Helena Bonham Carter. There's Wicked, which is typically touring, so if you're lucky enough and it's in your... Um, in your area, then maybe you could see it. And if you live in New York, go see it as well. I love that show. I see it every once in a while. I think it's really good. The Phantom of the Opera, which is probably always touring everywhere. That's probably like an omnipresent show. And there's also a film uh, with Gerard Butler and uh, Amy Rossum. So it's a good movie, too. Um, Into the Woods, which features a lot of regional productions and is a movie as well, starring Meryl Streep. Now, The Addams Family has a musical, and that, although it doesn't have a movie yet, I'm sure um, a lot of regional theaters do that particular production. I did a show a while back, and I was talking about shows that are done regionally, and that was like on pretty much every list. So I would imagine this would be a great time to do it. Um, one of my favorites, Carrie the Musical. I love Carrie the Musical. It's so good. And if you're thinking like old school Carrie the Musical, don't. 
think that. There is a new uh, cast recording that uh, came from an off-Broadway show or production of it that you can listen to. It's really, really good. And I saw a great production at uh, La Mirada Civic Light Opera a couple years ago that was very interactive and very cool. I think I've talked about it before. But that's the production company and theater owned by Kathy Rigby and her husband. And then there's Jekyll and Hyde. Um, That is a musical. And I believe if you look really, really hard, you can find a version of it, uh, of the musical that was done a while back with David Hasselhoff, who's really good. I know, I know. It's like the Hoff, but he is actually really good in the show. So um, at least I thought so. And I'm sure that there are play versions of it. And I have a feeling my guest today has a little bit of a connection to that as well, if I read her resume correctly. Um, Also, there's Little Shop of Horrors, which does a lot of regional um, uh, productions and high school productions as well. That's done in high schools all the time. And it has a movie uh, with Rick Moranis, um, then there's Young, Young Frankenstein, which is a musical, and it's not as well known, but I think it's done quite often. There was a production of it when I lived in L.A. that did really, really well. And I actually saw Young, Young Frankenstein, the musical, out here with Megan Mullally, and it was, it was fun. It was a cute musical. And, of course, many, many, many different productions of Dracula. I think there's a musical version and probably about 12 play versions of it. So there you go. Anyways, um... If you're feeling in the spirit of Halloween or need to get in the spirit, you could find a production of one of these shows or rent the movie version, if available, or listen to the cast recording. It'll be fun. So, some holiday fun. There you go. And now to bring on my guest. Folks, please welcome the dynamically talented Dominique Salerno. Hi, Dominique, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, was I right? Did, did I read that you did a production of Jekyll and Hyde? I did. Was it, was it a play or was it a musical? It was actually the Jeffrey Hatcher play, uh-huh. um, and I had just directed a Jeffrey Hatcher play called Turn of the Screw, which is also like a kind of ghost story type thing, um, and this Jekyll and Hyde production was done in Santa Rosa, and it was like one of the few times that I played the ingenue if you know what I mean like a character actress like playing an ingenue for the first time and it was one of those things where I realized this is really boring like (laughs) what have I been wanting like this is not all that I thought it would be (laughs) that's an interesting perception so so do you think that's common for um I I refer to everyone who acts as an actor, but actresses, I'll just to be crude. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's a common want or get for a lot of younger actresses? You know, it's this funny thing because like it, typing is such an annoying thing in the industry, but it's, it happens all the time. Sure. And you always want the thing that you can't get, right? That's human nature. So, and it's weird because I feel like I'm right in between types, you know what I mean? And so if people look at me one way, they see one thing, and another way, they see another thing. And so um, for years and years, I was sort of typed in these character roles, and I just thought it was a reflection on, like, I don't know, my talent or, like, my beauty or whatever it is. Um, and so for a long time, it was just like, well, too bad I'll never play the ingenue. And then you play an ingenue and you realize, oh, no, this is not nearly as interesting as what I like to do, which is more character and richer sort of roles. So uh, not to say that the Jeffrey Hatcher character of Elizabeth isn't rich. It's just uh, it was a completely different experience. So that was kind of interesting. But I do think that younger actresses... Um, feel a pressure to uh, play ingenues. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, it's sort of like 
those are considered the the roles the most ideal roles for a young up and coming actor and um I don't know if they really are <laughs> to be quite honest I don't know well I think maybe it um Maybe the aspiration is there because often they're considered the, the quote-unquote female lead. Right. Could that be it? So it's the larger role? Definitely, but you know what I realized playing it? It's like usually it's not. It's sometimes when you're playing like the love interest, your track is literally like only in relation to that other person. And sometimes you're not fleshed out. You know, you're more ah. of like a foil for his journey. Gotcha. Versus when you play like meatier side roles like say Amelia in Othello versus Desdemona you mm-hmm. have a little bit more I don't know a little bit more agency or creative license sometimes to like make some make sense of a character on her own two feet which is really interesting wow cool yeah. well I uh, I think I'm always really really excited more excited when I'm seeing them give out the Tony or the Oscar mm-hmm. for the featured category or the supporting category. Yeah, me too. I love a good, like, cool supporting role. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, To me, it's almost like, this is probably not the best way to put it, but male or female, I call it the creme brulee role. Yeah. It's like the little side, cool, delicious, juicy, wonderful thing that, that shows up just enough to yeah. make you remember it. And so... so I hear you. I really do. And I I don't know. I, I would assume that... Are there any roles out there that are, that are leads that you feel are meaty like yeah, that? for sure. There are some on my, like, dream role list, like Lady M, of course, Medea. Um, but these are not ingenues, you know? I'm right. not saying, like, uh, I don't... I mean, Juliet's amazing. I'd love to play Juliet. I mean, I think Shakespeare writes amazing women. So kind of any Shakespearean role I think you're gonna get a lot to work with um but yeah it's sort of funny my my perception and my gratitude has changed as I've gotten a little bit older to realize like oh I'm I'm not aging out of roles you know what I mean I'm aging into roles as a character actor which is like kind of more exciting and allows for more growth as I get more experience under my belt sure I'm actually grateful for it now, and I used to resent it when I was younger. Oh, wow. In a weird way. That's an in, that's a really interesting, and in my opinion, a very cool paradigm shift. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I could see you playing either one. Yeah. So, I go right on the edge. Are you? Depending on your, like, <laughs> preferences. Like, you know right. what I mean? So. <laughs> well, I always say, I remember reading, and I've said this a hundred times on the show, in uh, the Jane Lynch book, mm-hmm. you know, like Jane Lynch Trinkley, and... Uh, she wrote an autobiography, and I read it. And in it, she says that every every actor has every character within them. Totally true. It's just finding that uh, character, and you could play pretty much any character if you approach it correctly. And that leads into <laughs> uh, a big part of what's going on uh, with your life yes. lately. So why don't we talk about your life a little bit? So tell us a little bit about yourself and your creative theater passion. Um, so I'm originally from California. I'm from San Diego. I, uh, love California. Um, but I came to the East coast for college and spent a little time in New York after college and have always done theater, but I wasn't even considering it as like a professional choice until I was halfway through a fellowship in New York City and doing theater jobs 
at night in mm-hmm. addition to that nine to five. And I had this sort of like weird turn of events where I booked every audition that I went out for like, tw- like 12 in a row or something like that, which never, ha- it was sort of like a fluke thing. That's lightning in a bottle. It feels like, yeah. it felt like a sign in a weird way because uh, it was just like, no matter how talented you are, you're not booking every job, you know, it's just crazy. Sure. So I sort of like reflected on that and tried to figure out what that might mean. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to go into this for, for a career. So then I went to grad school, spent some time out in San Francisco at ACT, and then came back after grad school and started doing my, uh, my own work, really. Um, I came out for a show in the fall of that year after I finished at ACT, but then I quickly started just working on my own writing, sort of. It's been my focus since I came back to New York. And passions-wise, I mean, I love... I love comedy. Um, I have been doing improv since middle school. So I've been doing improv for a really long time. Like a really, really long time. Um, Short form, long form, Shakespearean improv, musical improv. uh, Really any type of improv you can think of I've probably done. um, And at a whole bunch of different places as well. So that sort of throughout my life has been sort of a... More of a religion really than... um, a performance outlet. It's something that I, I have to have in my life. So I think that sort of has... Um, improv? Improv, yeah. Wow. Definitely. So you just, you like to go back to it because it's, it's soul enriching or... Totally. Artistically? 100%. I mean, it's almost a requirement at this point because, yeah, I mean, I did it in middle school. I did it in high school. I did a little bit in college, took a little break there, then came back to New York and was immediately doing it again. Um, and then when I went to ACT, I, we, we worked, you know, from 8 a.m. to 9 to 10 p.m. every day. Oh, my God. We had one day off. But, um, it, I mean, and yet that, that's when I knew I, was, I needed it in my life was because I was going at 10 p.m. to an improv theater that I found in San Francisco and performing from 10 to midnight and going to drop-in classes on my one day off and teaching improv on my lunches to, um, like, students that were coming to ACT. So it was just sort of, like, I realized, I think over the course of those three years, was, like, this isn't optional. This is, like, something that you need. You feel like you need the outlet. You need the community. You need that type of creation. Wow. Yeah. Um, I actually interviewed North Coast. I don't know if you're familiar with them out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They they. On your show that we'll be posting within the next 24 to 48 hours, um, when you listen to it, they they recorded a little intro and outro for me when I was there. It was really, really cool. But um, I remember telling them, I'm, I myself have a really hard time with improv. Now, I've only mm-hmm. taken two acting classes. I'm not a very good actor. I, I did it for the sake of empathy. Mm-hmm. When I'm writing, I want to know what I'm asking an actor to do up on stage. And I remember... Um, uh, we did theater games, and uh, we were all around, and, and our, our, our teacher said, I want you guys to all act like your kids on the playground. And I, everyone starts playing, and I froze. I just stood there with my arms across, you know, folded across my chest. She said, um, are you, what's wrong? Don't you want to play? Don't you want to play with the other kids? And in my most adult voice, I said, no. <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's weird. There has to be just... Such a letting go of vulnerability, uh, yeah. vulnerability, and and um, letting go of the vanity, and mm-hmm. also really sort of tracking what's going on. Yeah, 
So that's, you know, kudos to you. And is, has it become second nature for you to do improv? Um, in some ways, yeah, because, I mean, the reason I love it so much, I think, is because I'm a really multifaceted artist. And so just acting probably isn't going to cut it for me for the rest of my life. Wow. But when you're improvising, you're writing, you're acting, you're directing it, you're making choices, you're listening more than anything else and collaborating with people. It's a very, like raw, primal, in the moment, oftentimes funny, but I really believe, for me, my relationship to it is so much higher than that. Um, Sort of every aspect of it, like the community around it, the practices, even some exercises, what it brings out in me and my imagination, and also performing it. I actually had, I was really fortunate when I was in Chicago, I went to Chicago for five weeks. Um, My box show closed at the People's Improv Theater. and they asked for an extension, but I had this five-week excursion to Chicago planned where I was going to do the IO intensive. And so I did that intensive, and I did just immerse myself in improv, had a blast. Improv Olympics? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually had the chance to meet Charna Halpern and develop, like, an exchange with her, and it was just such an honor because she invented the whole thing. Oh, yeah. With Zell Close. So it was sort of like, this is a person who, like shaped this art form that shaped me who's like reaching out to me in a way that's like welcoming me into this tradition which is was really amazing so yeah improv's a must (laughs) well you know I I am a total fangirl I will fangirl (laughs) over all of my writer idols did you fangirl over her a hundred percent I mean like but she's also like very down to earth very warm she's so like kind and grounded and I guess you know in order to make the art form that's grounded and kind and humble and collaborative, you have to have that sort of like collaborative, open, generous spirit. And she just has it instantly. Wow. So I did fangirl over her, but I also like, she's such a like humble and kind and grounded person that it, it really, it helps you like remember that she's just a wonderful person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's great. Um, it's great when you meet them and they put you at ease. Yeah. I, it still takes me about 45 minutes to recover. I just sit there. <laughs> uh, I remember I met Patricia Nell Warren who wrote The Front Runner. It's a, like a classic gay novel. Um, and uh, I was having lunch with somebody with somebody who set it up. And I finally she said, you know, I'm just like you in that, you know, I... As a matter of fact, I was raised, and I had to use an outhouse because I was raised in the <laughs> South. So, I mean, she, she really put me to So that's a nice feeling when, it, when it's like, okay, we're all people here. Now, yeah. you have a very extensive education, and it's, it's sort of prolific. Oh, um, so you have your MFA in acting from American Conservatory Theater, ACT, mm-hmm. and an AB in religion from Princeton. Mm-hmm. Now... Please, no, I, I had never heard of an AB degree. It's the exact same thing as a BA. It's like the exact same thing. They just, they, Princeton flipped it for some reason. And so now all of the liberal arts graduates are AB instead of BA. And it's, it's atrium baccalaureatus? Baccalaureatus? I have absolutely no idea. I don't think I've ever actually looked it up. Oh, I, I looked it up because <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of that before. Um, uh, and you have that in religion. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I also read that you were raised as a Buddhist. Yes. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, what? Be, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, um, how, how did how do you how do you how did you reconcile the two? Were you going into religion just to sort of like uh, educate yourself on yeah. it? Yeah, um, I love religion. I think I've always loved it. Um, so I was raised Buddhist, but my parents were raised Catholic, both of them. Mm-hmm. So we honored a lot of Christian traditions in my house, and I definitely knew about the parables of, you know, uh, Jesus and everything. And I also went to a Hebrew uh, preschool. So I, I did like a, uh, I observed some of those as well. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like an amalgamation, right? So my parents are very... It's sort of strange. It's it's definitely when I say it out loud, it's kind of weird. But so I had some Jewish influence when I was a kid. I had some Catholic influence when I was a kid. And I had the Buddhist influence when I was a kid. And But we were practicing Buddhists. And so what that would entail is just my family's practice of meditation and reading of the sutras and things like that um, every Sunday. And then we'd go to a Zen monastery over the New Year's um, holiday mostly. Um, not every year, but oftentimes. So as a kid, my sister and I were out in like the mountains and, you know, being mindful and all of that. And then in seventh grade, I actually went to an Episcopalian middle school and high school, which required religion classes and chapel. So my first introduction to studying the Bible or studying religion of any sort, because they had comparative religions, world religions, Bible classes, all in this school. Um, and it was a fantastic education actually the the bishop school for boys and girls should anyone like to go to school in san diego is a great school um but um, okay cool so through that i sort of really enjoyed those classes but then sort of put it away didn't think like you know i was just sort of like i love this oh also as another sidebar my dad when i was a kid used to read me greek mythology as a kid as nursery rhymes so i just had that sort of influence as well and then when i got to college didn't I sort of thought maybe classics, maybe poli sci, not really sure. And I took a one-off course in religion, um, I think to fulfill some other requirement. And the TA pulled me aside and was like, you're really incisive in this, and I think that you'd like the department. I think you should really think about majoring in this. And a philosophy person had also pulled me aside for the philosophy department for <laughs> so two different, uh, two different sides of the same sort of coin. Um, but then as I... The reason why I chose it was because I wanted to study the history, the literature, the culture, the languages, the inheritance, the like, you know, practices of, of it all. Right. And religion at Princeton at that time, like had an incredible department of professors and it was the one place where you could study everything. So I actually focused on, I studied all the faiths obviously, but, um, I focused on extremism and political religion. That was my particular focus in my undergrad. Oh my gosh. And so I focused on, like, um, I focused on Islam, but I wouldn't argue that I focused on the extremism within Islam. I just sort of, like, focused on Islamic family law and some other, like, really wonderful courses. But my actual focus for my junior paper 
which was about a 60-page paper that we wrote junior year, and my and my senior thesis, which was mine was 160 pages, oh. and I directed a play about this. Long story, oh but God. was the religious dimensions of the white power movement and how it was on the rise in contemporary America in 2008 to 2010, basically, and how it was infiltrating into the mainstream. So my focus was like laser pointed on political religion for my undergrad thesis. And that's all circled back now. That's all happening. So I'm sure you have a lot to say about it with, you know, all, all of, all the, all the studying that you've done. And, and, uh, I mean, I know we don't, if you want to, you can be, you could be political on the show if you like. I mean, I definitely talk to a lot of people that know that I wrote my thesis on that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do have, I mean, it's just, I wish I had been wrong. You know what I mean? I really wish I had been wrong and not sensed like, uh, this is something, this is something that's growing. Um, and has been sort of, it's just a very interesting sub, I guess you could call it a culture, subculture, substream of mm-hmm. American history wow. that has a lot of dynamic elements that have formed it and have a lot of, um, there are a lot of things right now that are um, sparking it to the surface in a way that like has been occurring for decades wow. and, and I would argue a century. Um, so you're, so <clears throat> patterns that you've studied are emerging that lead up to this kind of horrible uh, phenomenon you're they're emerging you're noticing them you're noticing the wave yeah if you will and it's we are in a very like very new place with um this new alt-right movement situation um wow but I yeah so I focused on so when people ask me why did you study religion it was like because it it's everything like it's belief system that I really studied that I really care about um and only when you understand the structure that someone's coming from can you understand how they're thinking about it if they have something that's completely opposing from your view so I think it's really useful to study all different kinds of religions Mm -hmm. and try and like gain perspective if nothing else gain gain the perspective and try and find some compassion for the people who think that way it's hard. <laughs> well, I think that with with religion, I think people think that you um, that you can't be an objective individual as far as thinking objectively about the rest of the world mm-hmm. who is outside of your religion and your belief system. Um, I think m- myself, being gay, I've had issues with people who have been uh, religious at times, and um, I've had to really. Uh, opened my mind yeah. and had to say, you know, just because somebody is of this religion doesn't necessarily mean they're judging me in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and doesn't mean that they can't hang out with me or accept me. There are certain religions that, that are that extreme, but also every religion has its extremists and it has its people who are real people. Exactly. And so uh, there's an, I, I, I think I like what you're saying. It feels like there's an objectivity, objectivity that you apply to it, just so you'd understand people a little bit more. Yeah, and because that's, I tried to pick the, obviously with my research, the ones I disagreed with the most. 
you know, like the people who I had, I struggled with my compassion. Sure. To find some sort of way into how they're thinking. And I don't, if nothing else, it it gave me some information that I didn't have before that I wouldn't have gotten unless I dove into the research. Wow. But this is a whole new, I haven't studied what's happening now Mm -hmm. as in-depthly as I have what has led to this point. Right. So I do think that political dialogue and belief systems are in a new phase and um, it's it's important to really research. Right. Because you don't know until you dive in. This is true. And judgments can be made that aren't necessarily true. Um, and it, 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 it makes me feel like you've taken the higher road. Um, because you've actually, you know, you've written the 160-page paper. Yeah. Um, and, and that, I'm sure, was not easy. Now, it was hard. Oh, oh no <laughs> <laughs> I write a 160-page script like triple space, and I'm like, oh, my, that was so hard. Um, I would assume that you have worked uh, a lot of this research into your writing as well for stage. Yeah. And um, also utilized a lot of it as an actor. Absolutely. I mean, oddly enough, what led me to my thesis was actually uh-huh. a play. I saw a play in high school called God's Country by Stephen Dietz. Wow. And never heard of it. It is a play about the white power movement. And I just, it shook me. Um, and I couldn't get it out of my head, obviously. And I chose to direct it for my theater thesis. Right. So I did my religion thesis where I wrote the whole thing. And then I did the theater thesis where I directed the play. And he actually came. Stephen Dietz came to see the production, which cool. was amazing to meet him. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it's always well, sorry. fangirl again. Fangirl again. Oh my god! Oh, I was so nervous. Oh yeah, I, sure. I had to lead a talk back with him after opening night, and I was just like, "What is even happening?" Oh my god! It was very, very cool. Surreal, huh? <laughs> very surreal. Oh my gosh! <laughs> very surreal. Tons of fangirl all over the place. <laughs> Do you? Um, let's talk about the box show. Yeah, a little lighter. <laughs> well, no, I, I would assume that there. Tell everybody what the box show is about. The box show is a show where I play over 25 characters inside of a small cupboard. And every time the doors close, we reset into a new reality when the doors open. And it can be, like, a completely new space. The the perspectives can change. Uh, angles can change. It's, it's something you really have to see in order to understand what it is. Wow. It's... It's 90 minutes, uh, 80, 80 to 90, um, and it's it's pretty quirky. It's all you. It's all me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, yeah. Okay. And, and, and so in between characters, you close the, the doors, mm-hmm. and you completely change the whole environment yourself inside the box. Yep. I do all the lights, the costume changes, it's dark in there. So imagine, like, being in a space that's, like, two feet by three feet mate not even like 24 inches by 35 inches I think on the inside um and shutting your eyes and reaching into these cubbies and changing everything and reaching down and getting a thing to change the internal lighting system fixing the doors and opening it again so the transitions are tough it's like an internal little blind dance (laughs) oh my god (laughs) it's it's pretty intense (laughs) um what are some of your favorite characters that you play oh I 
I love them all in some way, of course. Sure. And there are a lot of them that have popped up and died. Like, some have come and gone. I tried to change it up a lot uh, early on. But some of my favorites, I really like this couple um, fighting in uh, a Las Vegas hotel room. Oh. I love that drunken fight. That's always super fun to do. Sure. I love the the sort of dance sequence that happens before that scene is also super fun, uh, which is like a, a woman having her birthday party in Las Vegas and she starts to like realize she's aging through the song, oh um, which is super fun. Cool. I like the Pope. There's a wait. You're playing the Pope? Pope. I do play oh. the Pope. <laughs> A lost pope? A lost pope. Oh, that's awesome. I play all the characters inside the Trojan horse. I think I play like five, maybe? Five characters inside of the Trojan horse before they go to Troy. Um, there's a lot in there. Uh, I like the baby. There's a, I play a fetus at one point, oh. which is like super strange. <laughs> wow, how fun. Yeah, it's very I mean, all over the place. I mean, it's it sounds like it's... Um, it sounds like it's a lot of work. It's so much work. And I would imagine that it's, but I would imagine it's fun for the audience. So I have to tell you guys, I'm just going to reiterate that this was like one of the most talked about shows at Fringe last year. Um, you, you, you got Fringe Court, which means mm-hmm. that you go into the Encore series. And cool. you get to do your show for, I think it's like another, how many performances? I think I did like... Three maybe I don't, I don't quite remember but it's it's you get up to like six I think oh wow um and it's at the so- it was at the Soho Playhouse which is a great venue oh, yeah. sure. and I've seen so many shows there so it was really like an honor to be there and perform my show off Broadway off off or off Broadway it's kind of amazing <laughs> I t- I tell it because we were in we were in Fringe together and I tell everybody it was off Broadway only because if you went onto the Playbill website and you clicked on off Broadway shows Fringe yes. So there you go. There you go. It was so off we Broadway. Broadway. We, we made it. Broadway. <laughs> now, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see it because we were doing our show. That's Fringe. At, at Fringe at the same time. And uh, I actually had to work lights for our, or sound for our show because it was just, it's too tacky and all of our light cues and stuff were all changed up in the booth. So um, I was up there with our, our little stage manager and, and I'm like... I think I'm going to have to do sound. And she was like, I think you should. So anyways, en- enough about me. So um, now, have you done the box show since Fringe? Yes. And where did you do it? So after the Fringe, the first Fringe, after uh, August, when I had booked the October Fringe Encore series, right? Um, the pit approached me to see if I would want to do a residency there. And I was really tired, but I was like, this seems like a great opportunity, so I'm going to do it. So I actually ended up doing um, a six-week run at the pit cool. last, uh, from June to, no, from April to June. And then those sold really well. The, the show sold out, and it did really well. Um, and I'm so they surprised. asked for an extension, and now we're doing it in, the, in October, but on a different day, on a Monday, which is which is interesting to do a show on a Monday. <laughs> wow. Sure? Well, hey, I, I think it would be great to do a show on a Monday because all the other shows are dark. That's the hope, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. So there you go. There's you the know, there's more ticket sales. Yeah. I think people get a little more adventurous with their theater on Monday. 
At least that's what I tell people when they come out here. Yeah. You know, see, see, um, see a weird show. See a girl in a box right. on a Monday night. <laughs> what could be better? Portraying a lost poet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fun. Super fun. Um, uh, are there any particular messages and themes that speak strongly to you in the projects that you select that you don't create yourself? Don't create. Like if you're you're asked to direct or act in something, mm. um, is, is there are there any is there anything that you're looking for or a criterion that uh, that you apply? I'll I mean I'll act in anything like because <laughs> but I think that's how you know what what you really are you know what I mean like sure. I, I think about it like a Snickers commercial like I don't want to write the Snickers commercial I don't really want to direct the Snickers commercial but I totally want to act in the Snickers commercial so my acting calendar like I'm not super selective in like you know the roles that I'm like offered like I'm down to sort of play around and explore but with directing I do look for stuff I definitely do um most recently I was approached to uh direct uh, a Mad Forest reading. You know that Carol Churchill play Mad Forest? I don't, It's no. fabulous. It's one of my favorites of hers. And so I look for things that are dynamic when I'm directing. Something with a little bit of a bite. Cool. Something with a significance. You know what I mean? Like something that that's either activating something intellectually or creating an audience experience where people are going to leave a little shaken or moved in some way. Right. So that's oh. what I look for. Um, I love that you used a Snickers commercial. <laughs> yeah. Like a comparison analogy. I, I, I think that's, I don't think that's ever been done before. No, I'll, yeah, I'll play like, I and I have. I've played like the weirdest, weirdest things just because, you know, it's a, it's a role. It's a chance to be part of a theatrical moment and to contribute to the show, so. What's the weirdest thing you've ever played? Oh my gosh. Uh... There are so many. Um, I one of the coolest roles that I've played recently in graduate school. I played an old manservant named Clarine in a Rivera adaptation of Sueño, uh, which is like uh, an adaptation of an older play. And it was like one of those things where it's like, this is how you guys see me, like as the old clownish man. But I had a blast. It was like one of my favorite roles that I've ever played, actually. But it was definitely like, hmm, yeah, you're a character actor. If this is their first, <laughs> if this is your graduate school's first thought, it's like, what can she play? Old man. Definitely old man. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's, you know, that, that position, like you had talked about before, is freeing. Yeah. It's fabulous. It's such a good role. If anyone is looking for a great old clownish manservant role, it's Clarine in Rivera's Sueño. Wow. It's so fun. <laughs> um, you, you've done some... You've, you have a great resume Thank here. Thank you. You really, really do. And I'm not surprised. You are a very, very ambitious young <laughs> lady for sure. Um, we, we talked about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I told my husband uh, I would mention 5th of July where you yes. played Glenn, Gwen, Gwen sorry, yeah. um, because he played John Landis oh, cool. in that in a production like... Years and years and years ago. Oh, my not, gosh. Not that long ago. Because, <laughs> um, um, well, it was a long time ago. But, but um, I mean, I love that play. Yeah. I think it's a great play, and, and he had a great time doing that. Um, you were in, uh, um, you understudied in Mr. Burns. Oh, I love Mr. Burns. You know, I have to read it. I've never seen a production of it. Oh, man. But everybody talks about it's it. It's so 
It's so interesting. I, I mean, that's one of those plays where it's like, it's really hit and miss with the audience sometimes. I think you have to either, you have to have a key into it with the audience, but as an actor, the language she writes just flows out of your mouth. And I had the opportunity, I covered f- four roles, three I have, roles? I have three, Jenny, Colleen, and Edna Krabappel. Yeah, and Edna plays the accordion, so I had to learn how to play the accordion, which was fun. And it's a musical as well. There's music involved in it, so learning three different parts. I was understanding with two of my dear classmates um, from ACT, we had a blast. I think it was, like, almost more fun than being in the whole thing. You know what I mean? Sure. Because we got to know every nook and cranny of that script. Oh, yeah. And it's really, really interesting. It's a really interesting script. Wow. I, I'm, I'm going to have to read it because, like, um, my... My mentor, David Zack, he's a, a director out in Chicago. He directed out The Flash. He raved about it. Yeah. I guess they did it in Chicago. I think they did, yeah. And then they did it out. Have they done it out here? I don't know. They do a lot of her work in New York, but I don't know if they've done Mr. Burns. They should. They really should. It's it's ambitious. And they should cast you in it. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done A Christmas Carol. Yeah. I love A Christmas Carol. Came in on a swing that was 60 feet in the air, and I'm afraid of heights, singing. (laughs) Now, you do uh, musicals. You do Mm -hmm. a lot of singing. Uh, And one of the areas in which I I watched you sing on on YouTube is with uh, Feminarchy. Yes. Tell me about Feminarchy. Uh, Feminarchy is a feminist comedy duo that I formed with my dear friend from college, Laura Hankin. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, yeah, we are actually filming a sketch tomorrow. We're just continuing to generate weird little content and put it on the internet and people seem to like it. So we're going to keep going with that. Um, it actually formed when we were talking about, uh, we were at a holiday party and somebody mentioned that she wanted her parents to give her money for Christmas so she could freeze her eggs. And Laura sort of like looked at me and was like, yeah, Santa baby for freezing your eggs. And we looked at each other and we're like, that's really fun. And then I was on a bus coming back to New York and I wrote the lyrics in like 15 minutes, sent her to her. And then the next day we filmed it. And that you wrote that in 15 minutes? It was quick. It was definitely quick. When I write, I write quickly. Oh, my God. I write really quickly. I wish I could write quickly. I write really slow. But (laughs) but no, because I watched it. It's brilliant. Thank you. Oh, Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm I'm sorry to have interrupted you, but I'm stunned that you wrote that in 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, it was... It was like, it's easier when there's a song for you to fill in, in sure. a way. Sure, yeah. So. so it, it's a parody song. Yeah. And, but I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I watched another one, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, where it's about catcalling. Oh, Ode to a Catcaller, or it's the One Fine Day parody. Yes, yes. I love that one. It does, People don't love that one as much, but I love that one. I thought it was great. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah, this, wow, that's, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, thanks. And I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. It's like, I love that you guys just had the idea. You're like, okay, we're going to do it. And yeah. then two days later, you're doing it. That's, 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 that's so cool. That's, that's amazing. I love <laughs> that. I'm, I'm, now I'm fangirling over you. <laughs> um, what do you think is an important direction theater is taking right now? A direction I really like has to do with typing. Like I was mentioning before, I think that theater and film and TV is getting less concerned about what people look like and more concerned about what people bring to the table and what's in their brains and sure. hearts. And so that is really exciting to me. I think that theater is in a weird moment right now in our political climate where 
it has a lot of potential to bring people together and to make an impact. But we all, I think, feel so overwhelmed and clouded and mm. and it's just so overwhelming sometimes. It is. But at the same time, I fundamentally believe, and this is why I do theater, that bringing people together into a room, live, breathing the same air, ha- having different ideas with a shared experience, like, will create common ground, empathy, and compassion. Because I have a lot of different people who've seen this show, my show, The Box Show. The Box Show, yeah. With a lot of different political views. And they don't agree on a lot of stuff, but they agree that they love this show. And they all contribute to this show. And at the very least, we have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it It's a place where it is, in my opinion, it's almost, or it can be almost a church in itself. I believe it, obviously. Right. <laughs> a religion major, like... <laughs> Right. If you're if what you're doing, if when you're writing to entertain, educate, and edify, and you're actually applying the edification um, uh, component to it, you are going to bring people together. You are going to make yeah. people think. You're going to move them. And that's it you know, on its best day. You know, that's theater when it's its best self. When it's its worst self, I would argue that it's pageantry. You know, or something sure. a little empty. And I, but I do think that there's something primal that's been happening since mankind we've had storytellers and healers and we still have doctors and theater makers you know what I mean there's something about it that's just gonna that does bring people together oh yeah and break that divide so that's when you know when when people are talking about uh, eliminating funding for the uh, National Endowment for the Arts I'm always like you know what that's gonna be temporary it sucks Mm -hmm. it sucks but big time but it's going to be temporary because the arts have been here forever. Mm-hmm. People have always wanted entertainment mm-hmm. as long as there have been people. And it's going to continue to, to do so. Um, so I, I get really upset, but I also have faith in history. Yeah. In my and, opinion. And the way that human beings understand their experience in this world, whatever you want to believe in, whether it's chaos or like some sort of divine plan is through story mm-hmm. like that's how we filter there are things in our brain that like really enjoy story and sure. really that's how empathy is created so we're always going to need story mm-hmm. stories to bridge gaps also to understand ourselves so I don't think theater or storytelling is going anywhere I think that historically throughout time it's been under attack always yeah and it feels like, I, I think that theater has a, a moment right now where we can choose to step into that responsibility, which takes so much courage and vulnerability and sort of just putting it out there. Right. And maybe we'll do it and maybe we won't, but the potential is there. Sure. It's always there. Yeah. I challenge people to step up and do it. It's difficult, um, and, but, but it can be done. It also it can be so overwhelming. Yeah. You look at the mass of things. Like, how do you even contribute something to it that's significant? And it's sort of like, is the box show really, like, contributing to the, like, American dialogue? I don't know. No, Pro- probably not. Probably, yes. <laughs> but it is bringing people together of various viewpoints and having them laugh at the same jokes. 
Good. You know what I mean? Good. You know, <laughs> all we can all we can do is put it out there and try and work hard at it and be open and listen. And uh, I think if we're doing that, then we're on the right path. Yeah. You know, we as artists, I, 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 at least that's what I try to do. I try to always just be open and, 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 and just do my best and listen to people. And, I mean, what else can you do? Really? Yeah. So, and, and that's probably a feeling that's shared, uh, you know, not that I can guess the zeitgeist of the theater world, but I would imagine that's shared by other people as well. Um, are there any particular shows on your radar, not, not anything that you're involved in, mm-hmm. um, that you feel exemplify this new vision of theater? Ooh. A new vision. Mm. There is a theater company that I have been meaning to dive into for years now. It's just I've always missed their shows, couldn't get tickets. I know people that know them. I know people that have auditioned for them. I know people who are related to them outside of this and it's Fiasco Theater Company and the reason why I think that they're really singular is less about the content that they choose but the form like the way in which they choose to produce things Mm -hmm. always to me feels like yes like that's triggering live experience of an audience like they they use limited or or highly creative like sort of Devices to bring people into a live room together and really wow. shock them into it in a way. And everyone who's ever seen a show of theirs is always like, you have to see this. This is exactly your style. You have to see it. And I have to see it. I just can't believe I haven't seen it yet. So Is it interactive? No, it's just... I'm, I'm not sure if it's fully interactive. <clears throat> I haven't seen their work yet. But from what I understand, it's like just so creative. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It really like... And also the the energy of it. Sure. Like, the the energy of mess into glory. You know what I mean? Like they're they're I, that's the type of theater I feel like could do something really interesting right now in this climate is to mess people up and then sort of bring them around to the other side. That's a cool theory. I know. Like, 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 just sort of like take them down and then rebuild them up with a different belief system, or, or at least an introduction of that. Yeah. Wow. So, in that form that they're playing, I think could be really cool. And where is Fiasco? Is Fiasco here in New York? They are everywhere. They've they've been in uh, San Diego. They were in my hometown, but I wasn't there. I missed them by a couple days. They've been in New York. Uh, They have a really famous production of Into the Woods and Cymbeline, and. yeah, they're they're doing really cool things. They've actually taught at my alma mater. I miss them there as well. Like it's just been like ships in the night with me and Fiasco Theater Company. Was but, that the stripped down production of Into the Woods? Yes. yes. That was at the Laura Pels. I believe. Yes. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and my my husband David has seen it twice, and he loves it. He saw it in San Diego. In San Diego. In San. That's right. He saw it and in San did, Diego. And they did. They did. It was. They recently did a San Diego production of something else. Uh, I feel horrible not remembering the name of it, but I was just so upset that I missed it. Um, and actually, a good, a mentor of mine works with them. So yeah. he flew down to San Diego to do the movement for that piece, and I still missed it. Like, I'm, it's just like, one of these days, I'm going to see their work and be as blown away as everyone says I'm going to be. But they're on my list, if that's your question of okay. who, who do I want <laughs> to see? Them. 
number one. Okay, well, that's no, that's that's a great answer, <laughs> and and I would agree based upon what I saw. Uh, they re- they took it apart and put it back together again yeah. in a completely different way, and um, and and it still meant a lot. I mean, Into the Woods is a powerful piece in my opinion, um, but to me, it's it's powerful for for the themes of of the fear of adulthood mm-hmm. and the and the fear of the unknown and um, and they really brought that out. And I agree. There's a there that should, actually that's a very popular answer. There are a lot of of theater companies that are doing that like like the John Doyle productions yes he's like that too yes um, uh, when we saw Sweeney Todd with um, Patti Lapone and, and oh Michael Cerveris in that production it was completely different from you know Angela Lansbury coming out with you know her hair all with covered in flour and, and but it was it made sense yeah he's and, really powerful storyteller oh yeah his work is always amazing yeah, and, and I think he did Color Purple, too, the mm-hmm. latest. Yeah, which, that was great, too. Um, anyway, that is that is a terrific answer. Um, what do you think, this is kind of funny for you, because you literally are in, I want to say, like a 4 by 4 by 4 box. Less. <laughs> yes, a First long, of all, right, way less. Right? Yeah, yeah you, you, you wish for that, I right? <laughs> what do you think is the best part of being involved with smaller productions? Um... For my production of this show, I think it's, I I like the creative control of it. I mean, sometimes it can feel very out of control, obviously, when things go wrong, and things have gone very, very wrong. (laughs) Um, As they will. uh, Yes. Yes. Yes, it (laughs) will. I hear that, yeah. (laughs) And I mean, there are a lot of things that are like, okay, now it's time for me to design the program, and to go print the program, and to pay for the printing, and to fold them, and to cut them, and to pay for the lighting designer, and pay for the, you know, stage manager, and pay for the people that help move the box, and like, advertise, and do, there's a million things to do, but then I also get to choose who to do them with. Right. And I have amazing people in my life. Cool. I have amazing people in my life who have shown up for the show and who have contributed so much time and energy and passion and love for it that I feel like my favorite thing about working on this show is like getting to invite people into the room that I want to be there. You know what I mean? Sure. And um, being able to, if I want to, completely change things. Which takes a lot of courage to do, but at the same time, like, I could. You know, nobody is, nobody else is writing the show. It's, it's your show? It's literally mine. If right. I wanted to say, like, I'm not doing that character, I'm going to improvise one, I could. So, wow. that's pretty exciting. That reminds me of, I was uh, covering the, on camera, I was covering the uh, uh, 2017 New York Innovative Theater Awards, and uh, that is the exact same answer that Charles Bush gave. He's like, there's not, there's not, there's no committee that you have to deal with. He's like, I have control over what I want. I can write it the way I want to. I can act it the way I want to. And, um, I don't have people, you know, looking up my nose over it. Yeah. So, you know, you and Charles Bush. Oh my God. I love him so much. Oh, he was so cool. I love him so much. I love his work. You want to talk fangirling? Oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he was my first interview ever. I was like, oh, oh my god. Okay, you throw me throw me to the wolves, but he was nothing like that. He was amazing. I so s- I actually saw a show of his at Soho Playhouse. Did you? Many years ago, yeah. And so when I think of Soho Playhouse, I think of his show. <laughs> what did you see? I think it was the nun one. Do you know which one I'm talking yes, about? Yes. I'm trying to remember the name oh, of it. Oh god. It's so good. Yes. Uh, he has such great names. 
Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll think of it. Yeah. I'll think of it somehow. But it was really good. Yeah, he <laughs> he was just so cool, but it, that's exactly what he said. And you know what? A lot of people say that. A lot of people say it's because I have control. You know, I don't have, there isn't a committee of people to answer to. You know, and that, and they also they say that in, in bigger shows, they lose control. Yeah. And it's because everybody is doing everything else and you don't really touch it anymore. In some ways, it's nice to not be in charge, but there's something, especially if you're a multifaceted artist who needs all the outlets firing at once, there's something really great about just firing all at once. Right. Maybe like, Well, and if you're type A, like me, um, (laughs) you know, and you want the control, it's really difficult to let go of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and and occasionally there's a surprise where it's like, I don't really like what you did with that based on my show, and Mm -hmm. that needs to change. So... Anyways, um, but then sometimes, as happened with me once, um, they make it so much better. You know, like uh, somebody took one of my plays and did it as her senior thesis at uh, a university in Santa Barbara. So I went down to see it while I was in San Francisco, and gosh, it was great. You know, it was like, yes, you got the heart of it, and you fixed a lot of the problems I was trying to fix. Thank you for that. Like, so. Sometimes it, it's so nice to have more than one cook in the kitchen, but when you have to, like, turn over, like, the brunch orders that need to happen right now, mm-hmm. sometimes it helps to have one cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that. that that's another food analogy. <laughs> wow. I must be hungry. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Uh, what's, what's that play called that you... It's called So Small a Thing, and it's um, a play that I wrote, again, very quickly... Um, I write, I tend to write in spurts. So, uh, it's, it's a technically a one act. Um, it's a two person play about Jason and Medea, um, modernized and they're being called up to a trial to retry their saga to see who's at fault and they get stuck. So they're stuck together for a long period of time. And so it's a lot of modernization and a lot of, I just love, I love classic texts and it's funny it just I hear the characters first and I was hearing them so I wrote them down and then it was all of a sudden a play that is so cool you remind me a lot of uh, a friend of mine who's in my my writer's gang 72nd street writer's gang props to them um, named Charlotte Aline who is whose dad John Aline was one of the actors and writers in Chip and Gus which was also fringe Fringe core. Did you see? I remember that. Where they they were like they were two friends who were talking about philosophy while they played ping pong. Yes, I remember reading about this one. Yeah, and they 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 did really well as as well in the uh, in the festival. But um, she's she's very much uh, she loves Shakespeare and Mm -hmm. she loves mythology, and uh, I I get I get a feeling that you're like that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's that's really cool. And that shows and, uh, up in all of my plays almost. Yeah, and that a lot of that probably has to do with um, uh, your religious studies as mm-hmm. well, especially if you you know 
were imbued with mythology by your parents, as you said earlier, right? Yeah, so. and I also took Latin and sort of did the whole thing, so love it. Wow, <laughs> you, you are a smart person. <laughs> Smarter in some areas than others. Well, are we all? <laughs> Um, what should every theatrical artist, writer, director, actor, technician be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry? Oh, gosh. If, they, if you know the answer, let me know. <laughs> um, what are some of the things that you do that, that help you to succeed or get you to the next step? I touch base with human beings. I need... I mean, I'm not a soul... Spoiler alert, I am not a solo artist. Never in a million years would I think like, oh, I'm going to be a solo performance artist and do a show alone without other people. It's like, if you know me at all, you know, like, I love the collaboration. So being alone is like sort of not what brings me to theater. It's just that this particular show manifested as a solo piece. Sure. Um, But yeah, I, for me, I listen to other people. I... I go. I do improv every week, twice a week at least. Um, I touch base with other human beings and I listen. I think that's the most important part. Is to like take yourself out of yourself. You know what I mean? Like listen to somebody else's story, and remember like that feeling that you get listening to someone else's story is what it's all about. Wow! And, and improv, I think one of the big keys is to listen. 100%. When I was doing that their show, I, I had a list of like ten things that you're supposed to do, and I think mm-hmm. listen would, listen was right up at the top. Oh yeah. So that's that's great advice. It really is. I think uh, way too often we, um, you know, we stick ourselves in. Well, for me, I stick myself in the bedroom, and it's just me in the bedroom with my imagination writing, um, and. The people that we're writing about are all around us. Yeah. So that's that's actually very very smart. It's, that's a that's good. I love that. That's great. Um, is there anything new that you're working on above and beyond the box show that you like to talk about? Um, I'm working on a couple things, revisiting a couple things. Okay. I actually might be interested in hearing the so small thing play again to do a rewrite. So I might be interested in doing that at some point. Um. There are a lot of half-written <laughs> plays in my uh, computer right now, so I, w- I want to finish those. I want to just see where they go and uh, let myself pause. I'm also interested in exploring a web series idea, which I'm not sure if it's even going to manifest, but I just got to get it out. You know, sure. I feel like that, that feeling you might get when you're like, there's so much stuff that's like half in, half out. I just want it out for now. Out of my head. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, yeah. Um, like trunk ideas. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, that's... <laughs> so So nothing specific other than that show. You, my show, uh, yeah. Your show, well, the, well, the box show and then the other play that you were talking about that the lady in Santa Barbara performed. You were just referencing that. Yeah. I'm sorry, I forgot the title. Tell me again. So Small a Thing. So Small a Thing. So you want to sort of do a rewrite on that and maybe hear that again. I'd be interesting to hear it, yeah, because I don't... There are... As with all plays, there are flaws. Obviously, it's not finished, but right. I don't know. It's it came back into my head the other day, and I thought might as well listen to it one more time and see where it's at. Cool. Yeah, that's great. No, that's 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 super. I totally relate to all of that. Now, before I have you give your social information yes. out, would you like to do a speed round with me? Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, I'll, yeah, I'm just going to ask you a question, and you just answer really fast. Okay. 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 What's your favorite play? Uh, Much Ado About Nothing. 
Okay. I love. I I will watch the movie a million times when I'm sick. Okay. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite musical? Oh, uh, Chicago is coming up for me right now, but I also love Cabaret. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. So I've got some candor and ebb going on there. Yeah. Uh, favorite writer? Uh, I love Stephen Adley Gurgis and Rivera. David Rivera. Cool. Director. Stephen Busher from ACT, who is my um, dear friend and mentor, who is a genius. He's a genius. He's just a genius. <laughs> He's a crazy, chaotic genius, and he should be directing all over the U.S. Wow, cool. Well, we'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll remember his name. Yeah. And, and I would assume that, well... Because of the fact that you are such a multitasker and you can play 25 people at the same time, <laughs> you've multitasked the question I was going to ask you in with the previous <laughs> question. So you've, a- you've answered who your mentor is, right? Well, I also have another mentor, um, a very dear mentor who passed away, oh, actually. But he is, he was a, it's hard for me to not use the present tense with him. Like, I know that I he's gone, it. you know what I mean? But yeah. he's so present in my mind when I'm making things, but his name's Tim Vassen, and he uh, taught at Yale, and he taught at Princeton, and he was just the most fantastic guy. He really tried to inch me towards who I really was before I was ready to see it, you know what I mean? Like, he sort of understood that it's never going to be just one facet of this art form for you you're going to need to do all three at the same time you're going to need to do the writing the directing and the acting um and then there's improv and then there's improv (laughs) but he was like just such a a generous kind brilliant and irreverent soul and i think that he really helped me embrace how bizarre i truly am (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think my show's bizarre. dedicated to him, so Aww. that's why I mentioned it. Yeah. That's sweet. That's very, very nice. I don't think you're bizarre at all. <laughs> well, come see the show. <laughs> well, I I am super excited yeah. too. I really, really am. I remember feeling very, very remiss about missing it, especially everything that I'd heard about it, um, and and how wonderful it is, and how what a great performance you were giving. And I like one having written a one person show. I I like watching them as well. Um, okay, give our audience is all of your social media information or if there's just one site they can go to that connects to everything yes the site that connects to everything is probably www.theboxshow.org that's the key one to look at um, okay yeah that's the key one okay. I also have um, a Facebook page which is um, www. Uh, actually, I, let me look this up really quickly. Cause I, I think that if they just type in your name, it comes up. If you type in my That's name, you're going to get all of it. I know that the Instagram handle is like at the underscore box underscore show, okay. and the Twitter's the same. And the Facebook, you can definitely find with the box show. Um, you'll be able to find it for sure. Okay, cool. And then also, uh, don't forget to go to uh, Feminarchy. Yes. And that has a, an at <laughs> Hurdy Blurdy. Yes. That's how you find it uh, there. But you can also just type that in. And I think that also connects to your Facebook page. It does. So 
You were everywhere, young lady. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, you're just you're just omnipotent. Everywhere, omnipotent, and nowhere. Everywhere, 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 and nowhere at the same time. <laughs> um, well. Thank you so much for being with us, Dominique. You were delightful. Thank you so much for having me. I oh. really appreciate it. Oh, it was super fun. Um, I'm, did you have fun yourself? I had a blast. Okay. I haven't thought about some of that stuff in years, so it's really fun. Oh, good, <laughs> good, good. Will you come back? Absolutely. Okay. Anytime. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm really super excited to see your show, and uh, I wish you uh, broken everything. Thank you. Except for the box. Except for the box. Let's oh, let the please. box stay together, right? <laughs> oh, well, if I have to fix that box again, I'm going to be in, sick to my stomach. I know, right? <laughs> see You're just going to start crying on stage. You're just going to be like closing the doors. I'm sorry. I just need a good cry. I need a moment. Yeah. I know there wasn't an intermission, but intermission. And then exactly. <laughs> we, would, we would graciously grant you that, knowing the, the task that you're performing. Mm-hmm. So, so um, and great job and break a leg. Thank you. Oh, thank you. At the end of each show, I like to give shout-outs to current productions worth a recommendation. On tonight's show, in keeping with my Halloween intro topic, I'd like to rec- recommend a new show that recently opened in Chicago that is getting hot buzz and whiz-bang reviews. It's a new musical called Bewildered. and has a sensational writing team of Ron Weaver, who wrote the book and co-wrote the lyrics with Aaron Benham, who also wrote the music. So it's Ron Weaver, who wrote book and co-wrote lyrics, Aaron Benham, who co-wrote lyrics and wrote the music. Um, You may remember Aaron from your program as your ticket, as he is my guest on episode 8 of this show. He also served as the music director for Running, a new musical, a musical I have written with my co-writer Leo Schwartz out of Chicago, as well as the initial music director uh, of Leo and my newest musical, We the People, Songs of the Resistance. He had to back out of the job because he's just so popular and successful right now. Um, But we have uh, our... we brought up our assistant music director to music director. His name is Ty Miles, and he's doing an incredible job. Now, I can't say enough about Aaron's talent, and I am so pleased with the success of this project for him. Here's a description, and I just think this is super fun. This is off the website. It's a reimagining of the beloved 60s and 70s television sitcom Bewitched as seen through the eyes of Gladys Kravitz. You remember, she's the one who would go, Abna, Abna, all the time, uh, the the nosy next-door neighbor. Um... Uh, Samantha Stevens, iconic nosy neighbor. There it is. Poor Gladys knows what she sees next door is real, but can she prove it in time to save her life? Gladys finally gets her due in this fun and magical musical parody. How fun is that? Oh, my God. Now, uh, this is getting, like, super terrific reviews, and um, we were doing the casting of uh, our show, We the People, next to the, next to the theater uh, that... Uh, Bewildered is playing and it was the first night and everybody came out just raving about it that they were laughing they I mean it just put everybody in such a great mood so um, there's a fun Halloween show for you to see as well it's presented by Helena Handbag Productions the theater ensemble formed in 2002 and is dedicated to the preservation exploration and celebration of works ingrained in the realm of popular culture via theatrical productions through parody music and homage and again, this is a Chicago production, if I haven't mentioned that. So, Bewildered plays in Chicago at stage 773, and that is a, um, uh, like a, uh, it's a group of stages in one particular building, um, in the Box Theater. Ah. ah, do you like that? Do you like how I brought that around? Nice. <laughs> um, and it closes on November 11th. Maybe they'll get extended. That would be great. Um, but... To see it, please go to www.handbagproductions.org. 
Again, www.handbagproductions.org for tickets and information. There you go. So go support it. Uh, be fun and uh, a happy, fun Halloween thing to do. Well, folks, a proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the vows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank my guest, the amazing Dominique Salerno. Thank you, Dominique. You were great. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. Uh, find, uh, you can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket at facebook.com backslash your program is your ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at program ticket. The website is, you guessed it, your program is your ticket.com. And I'm on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate me and write me a review, please. Folks, take a little time to see a show this week, and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's lots of theater jams out there. Until our next show, we need theater people and Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.